Okay, so the capital was under siege. Uh, did that ever happen before? Well, well, not here, but yes, it did happen before. And we'll tell you about it on This Is Today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Well, yeah, tomorrow is Inauguration Day, and, uh, you know, there's this kind of nervous energy around all of that because who knows what's going to happen. Well, you know, one way to figure out what happens next in the world is sometimes look at history because, you know, it's cyclical, right? Like, Things happen that happened before, they'll happen again, and yes, um, this did happen uh, to Parliament, uh, not once, but more than that, a couple of times, and uh, we're going to learn about that from a professor, a historian, just all-around great guy. Uh, Martin's going to be uh, joining me. He's joined me before. You, we heard him on Christmas, and he told us about the time Christmas was canceled, and he's rejoining me today to uh, talk about a time that this happened. And we'll have more information on that. So do stay tuned because, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's an interesting conversation and it's uh, interesting to find out what happened next. And hopefully um, it's not repeated. All right, so uh, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, hang in there for that. Now, let's uh, talk about uh, the National Day today. It's National Popcorn Day today. Yeah, and you know, the most upsetting thing about having National Popcorn Day right now is that many of the movie theaters are closed, and that is the best popcorn. So I don't know really how to make that same sort of popcorn at home, but you know, I guess I'll bust out the microwave bag or one of the corn poppers or whatever. We have like one of those wild corn poppers and corn just pops everywhere when you turn it on the air popper thing. So, you know, maybe I'll do that today and uh, just sit back <laughs> and enjoy and uh, save some of that popcorn for the whatever's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, hopefully all is good and it's peaceful. And I hope tomorrow is really just a non-event. Let's, uh, let's hope for that for, for tomorrow. Uh, we don't have to sit there and have popcorn. And we can, or we can at least not stress out while we're having our popcorn and uh, watching the show tomorrow. All right. So uh, let's also take a look at our events. But before we do that, I've got to talk about a birthday. A birthday that happened over the weekend. And, you know, because we don't run the podcast on the weekends, now we did run the special for Martin Luther King's Day uh, yesterday, but we didn't run one on Sunday. And I do have to say a very special happy birthday to Betty White. She turned 99 on January 17th. She was born in 1822. And you know her and love her. I don't need to explain who she is. So happy birthday to Betty White. All right, uh, let's move on to our events from the day. And you know what? Here we go. This is the inspiration for talking to uh, Martin later in the show. In 1764, John Wilkes was expelled from the British House of Commons for seditious libel. And that was going to spark our interview that we will talk about later. I'm not going to reveal anything else there. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but first, let's talk about some of the other events. In 1920, the United States Senate voted against joining the League of Nations. Now, here's the thing. The League of Nations was actually founded by United States President Woodrow Wilson. It, it came out of the Treaty of Versailles. However, he couldn't convince Congress to actually join the League of Nations. Maybe he should have called it the Justice League and then, you know, 
they would have thought it was cool because they would have been hanging around superheroes. But no, the United States uh, did not join the League of Nations. That was one of the reasons that they say uh, the League disbanded eventually. Now, it did end April 20th of 1946. By the way, it began on January 10th. It took us a few days to get that vote out there. But yeah, it disbanded and then became the United Nations. So that's how the United Nations started. And I'm sure we will talk about that on a future podcast. But right now, let's turn to 1937. Howard Hughes set a new air record by flying from Los Angeles to New York in seven hours and 28 minutes and 25 seconds. Yes. Can you imagine <laughs> flying from New York to uh, LA and it taking seven hours? It's uh, much faster than that. Now, actually, I guess with airport security, it's probably longer than that. But uh, yes, Howard Hughes made that flight in 1937. In 1961, it wasn't the debut of the Dick Van Dyke show, but they did start filming on this day. They filmed the first episode of that fantastic show. And uh, if you have never seen an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show, you definitely have to go check that out. In 1971, the Beatles song, Helter Skelter, made it to the top charts of the Charles Manson trial. Yes, uh, they played Helter Skelter during the trial. Now, we're going to talk a little more about Manson and sort of use that as in a, a springboard to talk about cults. Uh, we're going to do that next Tuesday. So, you know, not to be like one of those YouTube people, but press the subscribe button, you know, or actually, I guess, smash the subscribe button. I hate when they do that. They just do that a little too much on YouTube, but I'm not going to do it very much because if you just do, you know, like subscribe, then I never have to say it again. Uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> also on this day, hey, speaking of music uh, in 1985, born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen peaked on the charts. Where did it peak? Yeah. Number nine. You'd think that would be a number one hit. I mean, come on. The music video was great, even though the lyrics didn't really match the words. They were kind of look like they were lip syncing, but um, yes, uh, that was a great song and uh, it only hit number nine. Imagine that. All right. Uh, when we come back, we are going to be talking about something that mm, it's a tough topic right now. It sounds like it's right out of the news, but no, it's out of history. Uh, we're going to be talking about sedition, impeachment, and um, insurgents into a Capitol building. We'll do that right after this. There is nothing I hate more than standing by the refrigerator section, looking at a beer selection and not knowing what to pick. Yeah, I'll just pick by the label sometimes, but no, I, I'm going to stop doing that because the beer connoisseur has over 5,000 expert beer reviews and in-depth articles about the drink we all know and love. Yeah, it's even got like brewery tours, product reviews, all that fun stuff right there in the magazine. And best of all, because you're one of my listeners, you can take $5 off. Just click the link in the description and head over to the beer connoisseur and uh, start drinking better beer. So today, uh, I am have the pleasure of, of being joined once again by Martin Bennett. He is a uh, professor from Nottingham Trent University, and he's today going to talk about something that is very topical, but yet 
also happened way back in 1764. John Wilkes was expelled from the British Parliament for seditious acts. So uh, you've heard the word sedition plenty uh, in the news over the last couple of weeks here in the States. So we're going to talk about this from a historical perspective. Hey, Martin, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure, Russ. John Wilkes, I got to say up front with the name John Wilkes, we don't want to confuse him with John Wilkes Booth, a different guy. (laughs) Yeah, Google does. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure it does. Uh, So (laughs) let's instead talk about John Wilkes, who was in the British Parliament back in the 1700s. Tell us a little about him. Uh, He was um, come from a sort of in, in a sense, being an MP, the non-traditional background, his parents aren't uh, members of the aristocracy or the upper gentry, so he comes from a trade background. Um, and he sets himself up in many ways as a sort of, well, he, he's a pretty, in some ways, um, unsavory character. He belongs to um, various seditious and, um, uh, let me say, uh, rude organizations such as the Hellfire Club, um, in the years before he becomes an MP. Um, and he's someone who um, is loyal to his friends. Um, he's generally well-liked. He's known to be generous. But essentially, um, he's a very shrewd, very quick-witted um, person who uh, has political ambitions and um, becomes an MP uh, for, for um, several places in the country, during his uh, political career. And he's also someone who's not afraid of having a go at the political establishment of the 18th century. I mean, he even, uh, the, the newspaper he edits, the North Britain, in a way is a bit of a pun. The term North Britain essentially means, uh, refers to someone from Scotland. There was an attempt in a way to break down the traditional names of England, Wales and Scotland and have um, uh, West Britain, South Britain, North Britain. So North Britain tends to refer to Scotland. Wow. So he's not only a member of parliament, but he's putting out a newspaper. So he's making the laws and also putting out information about the laws. Doesn't that seem like a bit of a conflict of interest? Well, yeah. But we would put him on the radical side of Parliament. Um, but we haven't got political parties. There's nothing really resembling the Labour Party or the Conservative Party or the Republicans, Democrats in, in the British Parliament at this time. And you can actually steer business through Parliament in the 17th and 18th century by mustering uh, a, a, a very active body of support, not necessarily having to dominate the House of Commons with a majority. There is still a lot more um, uh, being able to swing an argument on non-partisan grounds than there is in the 19th and 20th and 21st century, where party politics tends to dominate. And usually, a party can expect all its members to vote for um, something that that party has put before right. Parliament. Right. So similar um, to um, the, the previous impeachment of Donald Trump, where all the Republicans in the Senate voted um, uh, uh, in his favour. That sort of thing wasn't quite so common 
in the 17th and 18th century. Yeah, well, we've seen a lot of that here in the States, the kind of party before policy, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. before argument, right. yeah. So, okay, uh, we've talked about now impeachment, we've talked about sedition. Um, what about invasion of parliament? In the mid-17th century, in the revolutionary or civil war period, parliament was invaded by um, the people the, the populace of London on a couple of dramatic occasions. And that's what I mean by that is they actually get inside the building, like getting inside the Capitol last week. Um, but on a couple of occasions, people actually broke into the parliament and ran um, amok throughout the building. And one of the first ones of these, and this will be familiar to anybody who listened to the, the podcast on Christmas, happened at Christmas in 1641, um, when um, the, before the Civil War breaks out in England. And there's a familiar cast that appeared at the Christmas riots in 1647. Mm -hmm. In this first instance, in Christmas time in 1641 um, 2, um, the Parliament was um, dominating political affairs. But the king had decided or decided already at this point to become prepared to engage parliament in violent ways. And he placed um, uh, very hardline royalists in charge of the Tower of London. And he was attempting to pressurize parliament through threatening it militarily um, with going back on some of the things that it had achieved during the rebellion, which had begun in 1640. Parliament was taking over a lot of the absolute powers of the monarchy. It had decided, for instance, that Parliament shouldn't be called by the monarch. They should occur every three years, whether a monarch wanted it or not. And the king had grown steadily, he believed, more powerful in this period. And so he threatened Parliament. Um, and when Parliament reacted, the House of Commons, the equivalent in many ways of the House of Representatives, it was very angry. It wanted the king to withdraw this. It protested about the, um, the seeming militarization of the king's cause. But the House of Lords, which is only roughly analogous with the Senate, um, the House of Lords was less keen on this. And, and was very lackluster. And this angered the people of London who felt threatened. Um, they felt that the king was going to attack them with armed force and overturn all the reforms that had happened over the last two years. This sounds very familiar to me. <laughs> it does. It does. And it quite often something to do, you know, quite often these, these changes are, these attacks rather on parliament are often attempts to change votes or to support to, um, a political stance. So the second time that um, Parliament is invaded in such a way is in 1647, just uh, you know, the summer before the Christmas riots. The difference is this time, the people who invade the House of Parliament in July 1647 are the Presbyterians. And the Londoners, which is quite dominated in many ways by Presbyterians at this point are worried that this time the new model army is going to attack them rather than the king's forces a few years earlier. And so they burst into parliament again to try and maintain, to, to 
um, interfere with the voting process and support Parliament, as it believes, against the new model army. So, you know, you've got you've got the scenes of people running. Um, the House of Parliament at that time was even more of a labyrinthine set of buildings than it is now. But you nevertheless, you've got these people breaking in from Palace Yard, running down through West, Westminster Hall into St. Stephen's Chapel and the offices and rooms around it. St. Stephen's Chapel was the house where the House of Commons was based at that time. Um, uh, all again, to intervene, interfere with the voting process, to uphold something in this case that they thought were, was right, that was um, the political will of the majority. And as you say, it's quite familiar. That almost sounds like uh, it's pulled from the news and not from the history books. <laughs> it does rather, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We don't have a crystal ball to look into the future, but we can use history perhaps to kind of, you know, look into the future and what the future holds. So what happened next? Well, <laughs> that's not good. Um, so <laughs> we we have to keep our fingers crossed that history doesn't repeat itself because in um in 1642 after the christmas invasion of parliament by the londoners and the uh, attempt by the king to arrest the five members england and wales steadily collapsed into civil war and civil war began in the summer of 1642 and went on until 1646 then there was the um uh, a, a a pause between that and the second civil war which lasted for a few months in 1648 um in 1647 after the invasion of parliament um parliament actually just collapses in the face of the army because the army is well trained they're all veterans there's a lot of them and they've been joined by the the, the new model army has been joined by the northern army and though Parliament has attempted to repair all the defences around the city of London and call out the trained bands and put them in command of a man called Edward Massey, it eventually backs down. I feel like we've uh, stressed everybody out. <laughs> the consequences can be huge. Yeah. For yeah. these things. Right. I mean, who'd have thought? I mean, I, I couldn't imagine seeing the capital turned into um, uh, an armed camp. Right. As I've seen on the news in the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah. And a lot of people would never have thought of London as being turned into an armed camp back in the 1640s. It's hopefully in this case, we can learn from history <laughs> and make some I better, so. better choices, better decisions or whatever it is that needs to be done to fix this crazy situation that, uh, that we're yeah. in right now and not have to relive uh, the history that we just heard. Uh, it, it sounds uh, uh, terrifying. Uh, if, if somebody's listening to this podcast uh, right before they go to bed, they're probably going to be up tonight. Uh <laughs> yes, it's been interesting times, I think. Yes. Yes, it is. May you live through interesting times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. Well, we're all doing that. <laughs> exactly. That we are. Hey, uh, Martin, thank you so much for uh, educating us on all of this today. Well, it's always great to talk to you, Russ. All right. Let's uh, take a look at our birthdays for today. Yes. Former South Bend mayor and future United States Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, turns 39 today. Sean Wayans is 50. 
Janice Joplin was born on this day in 1943. She died in 1970. Edgar Allan Poe, also born on this day in 1809. He died in 1849. Sean Johnson, the gymnast, is 29 today. Jody Sweeten, you know, from Full House, is 39 today. And Mac Miller, uh, who died in 2018, was born on this day in 1992. That's your look at January 19th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you'd like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, let us know. Go to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.